Welcome to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church here in the city of Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, visit us on the web at gftnc.org. And now, here's Touched by Grace. How to make a difference. That was our prayer focus, how to make a difference. We've discussed a couple of different things about making a difference. Today, we're going to talk about making it count making it count. So in the seventh chapter of the book of Matthew, it tells us something that I think will be helpful in understanding what God is trying to say. Verse number 15, beware the false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are raving wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorn or figs of thistle? Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings forth, brings not forth fruit is cut down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits, you shall know them. Verse number 21, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And in your name have cast out devils, and in your name done many wonderful works. And then I'll profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker, you that work iniquity. Verse number 24 says, Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and doeth them, or does them, I will liken him unto a wise man which builds his house upon a rock. Verse number 24. Five says, and the rain descended, and the flood came, and the winds blew. The rain descended, and the floods came, and the wind blew. The rain descended, and the floods came, and the wind blew, and beat upon that house, and it didn't fall because it was founded upon a rock. Verse number 26, and everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does them not shall be like unto the foolish man that built his house upon sand. Hmm. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the wind blew. And beat upon the house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, that the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the hired lawyers of their day. Say, let's make it count. Yeah, all of this praising, all this prayer, all this churching, all this giving, all this rehearsal, all this performance, all of the stuff that we do, it has to matter. So when we consider how do we make a difference, one of the elements is to make sure that what we do counts. We learned some things over these last couple of weeks, that there are three types of people, those who watch things happen, those who wonder what happened, and those who make things happen. There are those who watch things happen, those who wonder what happened, and those who make things happen. I'm a make things happen kind of guy. Now, I'm not as aggressive as somebody might be. I might not be as outgoing as the next person, but I believe that my purpose and my intent in life has significance. It matters. And so even the little that I do makes a big difference in the long run. Would you agree? Making it count is a matter of significance. Now, I'm going to quickly touch base on the other two elements that we discussed thus far, but significance is the focus on making it count. It has to be significant. What does it mean to have significance? 
It's a level of importance. It's having the quality of being significant or worthy of attention. It also means making a difference or impacting with great influence. Now, we all have some level of significance. One of the things that I have found to be true in the church and in the body of Christ, just in 12 years of pastoring, but almost 30 years of ministry, I have come to realize that oftentimes the resistance that we offer God, isn't that kind of crazy? We offer resistance. The resistance that we give God is not based on us not believing that God is God. How many believe that God is God? If you, if you weren't in this, if you, if you didn't believe God was God, you probably wouldn't be in this room today. You probably would not be in this room if you didn't believe that God was God. So believing that God is God is not the issue. Believing that God is God and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him is not a problem either. How many believe that God rewards those who come after him? Go, those who come after God, find God. You look for God, you get God. That's how God works. God is not going to put some type of artificial fake out in front of you. He's not, you, you call out to God and he sends something else. No, so we agree with that. Do you know where I think our disconnect comes and where our challenge is most? In understanding the significance of ourselves in relationship to who God is. Understanding the significance of who we are in relationship to who God is. The reason why it's a greater challenge is because oftentimes people have ascribed to us less than positive significance. So people may say, oh, you're just here because... I didn't uh, take precaution and I accidentally had you. There have been people who've said that to people. There have been children who've been told that they were an accident. And they grew up with that scar. They grew up feeling that and believing that they were insignificant. Or shut up because you don't matter. You don't know what you're talking about. You're so dumb. Ain't nobody trying to hear what you got to say. You've heard those things. Am I correct? You've probably said those things too. We are all guilty of something. But one thing that I know that we should never be guilty of, and that is overlooking the significance of our existence. Psalm 8 tells us that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. In fact, he's made us just a little lower than the angels, but he crowned us with glory and honor. That the angels even would love to have the privilege that we have of free will. Just by virtue of the fact alone that we have a free will makes us significant and more significant than an animal or tree or a bird that doesn't have a choice but to fly or to produce the fruit that it has been assigned to do. You have a choice. So with our significance comes the choice. Here's the question. Here's the question. Here's the question. Which would you rather have? Someone's definition of you or the definition that God reveals to you of your significance? A or B? Somebody say go for B. It's quite easy. It's quite easy. A, somebody tells you what you are, you aren't, and then they hold the power in their hands to make you or break you, to create or destroy you. For years, we've seen that happen. We've seen it in the isms of life. We've seen it in the racisms and classisms, socialisms. We've seen it in the isms of life. So here's the question. Are we victim to that and are we eternally doomed to deal with other people's perspective of us, or should we seek after a greater understanding? Look at somebody say the answer is B again. It's B. Go for B. And the reason why I'm asking the question is because I've come to realize that many people do what they do or don't do what they should do or do what they shouldn't do because of the misunderstanding of significance. Significance. The definition says level of importance. The definition says having the quality of being significant or worthy of attention. 
Oftentimes, people demand attention that they know they're not worthy of, or they really don't believe it, but they demand it anyway because they don't feel like they're worthy, but they want it. Everybody wants to be recognized. Everybody wants to get a microphone, proverbially speaking. Everybody wants that moment to shine. It's in us. It is innate. No matter how you've been beat down, no matter how much life has been taken out of you, if you are here today, I would be willing to bet my Bible, the paper one, not the electronic one, that you desire to be something, to do something, to be significant in the big picture of humanity. You see, we can see a squirrel, a raccoon, a possum, a badger, a deer, or maybe even a dog on the side of the road, and our compassion is not the same. But if we see people in destitute situations, we're moved. That's the godlike nature in us. We're moved to somehow make a difference, and we ask ourselves the question, how can I make a difference? One of the ways we can make a difference is to understand your significance and make everything that you do count. That's one way to make a difference. You say, well, that's selfish, and that has to do with me. What do we know so far about making a difference? Making a difference by making up your mind. Resolve. I made up my mind to follow Jesus. I made up my mind to be a good dad. I made up my mind to be a friend. I made up my mind to be a great husband. I made up my mind to give. I made up my mind to eat properly. I made up my mind. I'm still making up my mind on exercising regularly. How many have made up your mind on some things? And how many are still making up your mind on some things? The thing about it is that how long does it take for you to make up your mind? Because if you don't make up your mind, the situation will make up your mind for you. So there is only a window of opportunity. We only have a certain amount of opportunity before we are required to make a decision. Choose. In fact, it was Joshua who said that God told him to tell y'all, choose ye this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we made up our mind. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord and only him will we honor. All the other gods, insignificant. God, most significant. Only what we do for God is going to matter. I'm going to debunk a rumor. I know you've heard it before. The Bible says only what you do for Christ will last. It doesn't say that in the Bible. I searched high and low. I couldn't find it. I Googled it. You need to be be careful. The Google is competing with the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Only the Holy Ghost-filled people know what I'm talking about. Google doesn't have all the answers. But I did find that that's a misinterpretation that oftentimes we say only what you do for Christ will last. When I think the intent is meant well, but it's based on these passages of scripture that we read regarding what we do for Christ lasting or being significant. But we've learned that resolve requires decision, desire, and dedication. We must make the decisions that are necessary to make the difference because we made up our mind. We also have the desire to make a difference because I want to be a help to somebody. I want to see the world be in a better place. I want to see advancement in other people's lives in addition to my own. It's really not about me right about now. In fact, our lives are so far well spent that we should focus on helping somebody else no matter what age you are. You see the progress of the world and the way the world is going? We should be more concerned about helping somebody else right now because the plane has lost cabin pressure. And they tell you that when the oxygen masks drop, you put your mask on, but you need to help somebody else. Help somebody else. Make a difference. The other one was dedication. And that goes without saying that we must be dedicated to what we make the resolve. If I made a resolve, I got to be dedicated to that. We talked about making things happen, making things happen. Well, how do we make things happen? We are driven by our passions. Our passions make us make things happen. 
Why are you doing that? Because I'm passionate about those things. You can tell what people are passionate about. People are so passionate about a particular thing, they can do it when they wake up in the middle of the night. You can spring them up out of the bed and they will do whatever it is that they're passionate about. If you're a teacher, you can teach at midnight. You can teach in the morning, the noonday. If you're a singer, at any time we give you the microphone, you can open up your mouth and sing because of your passion. Now, sometimes our passions exceed our preparations. Sometimes we're not prepared to execute our passions and then it gets out of control. In fact, the lower part of our nature, our flesh, if it drives our passion, then we are in trouble. But if the higher part of our nature, which is our spirit, is the driving force of our passion, then God is going to be pleased because spirit calls into spirit. So passion and purpose and pursuits are all connected in us making things happen. That's called influence. I have the influence because I'm so passionate about teaching to create or to help to build and develop other teachers. Because I'm so passionate about missions. I've got folks traveling around the world with us to go on missions trips because of the passion behind that. And the purpose behind it and the pursuits are made clear. That's the other thing about making a difference and being able to make things happen is that it's got to be clear. There should be some clarity to why you're doing what you do. Not just because. The next one, significance. And that brings us to today, making it count. Significance and making it count are being used synonymously because if we know what we are inspired by, if our intent is made clear, then we can make an impact. I want to make that clear because what happens is that oftentimes we are deceived into thinking that we can just ride along. And when we ride along, we take up space. When we take up space and we don't produce, we are then called into question and then our significance are, is being judged. Why don't you look at somebody next to you and say, why are you here? What are you, what are you doing here? But isn't it challenging? Isn't it challenging to stay focused on your significance in, in the space that you are in? Isn't it challenging for you to be able to say, oh, I am here for the purpose of, and then you do what that purpose is, and then you get on out of there and you go and do something else, of which you have been driven by inspiration, your intent is pure, and the impact is everlasting. You've been listening to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, log on to our website, gftnc.org. Or call us, 616-974-9128. Our mission here at Grace for the Nations Church is to reach the diverse people of the world by teaching biblical principles and life application of the scripture. Despite the present-day challenges facing individuals, families, and our communities, we believe there is hope.